Welcome to the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast, the show for business owners in their 40s and 50s who deeply desire a business that serves the market strong and who deeply desire to finish strong personally. I'm your host, Scott Kokodar, and I'm really excited that you're listening to this episode. There is a type of content in marketing called listicle. It's where the content is simply a list of items for you to consider. That's the kind of episode this particular one is. We're going to be talking about two separate lists. One is eight items long, and the other is six items long. And it relates to the title of the show, Serve Strong, Finish Strong. Let me parse that out. Serve Strong If you'll recall from the previous episode where I introduced the slight pivot to this podcast to focus on business owners, we talked about the serve strong relating to a business that is strong in how they serve the market. So we will be talking about eight items that help a business serve strong. Better stated, it these are eight ways in which you can improve your business to ensure that it is serving the market strong. The second part of the show title is Finish Strong. This relates to the individual who owns the business. And those of you who are not business owners, this will relate to you as well. Your desire to finish strong in your life. And we talk about six items, also known as hallmarks, of a fantastic fourth quarter. In which, if you could rate these six hallmarks high, then you are most likely living your best fourth quarter ever. So, Sir Strong has to do with a business serving their market strong and finish strong has to do with you and me as we enter the fourth quarter of our lives with a deep desire that our life finish strong. With that, let's go into the two lists that I'd like to share with you. John Warillo wrote a book years ago called Built to Sell. Out of that book came a movement that identified eight drivers of value in a business. Those eight drivers, if improved, would help a business thrive with or without the business owner's involvement. So when you focus on these eight drivers of value and you seek to improve each one of them, you create a business that gives you what I call options strategy, as opposed to an exit strategy. Options strategy will include exit, but sometimes exiting the business isn't really what a business owner wants to do. However, they may want to step back. And so one option in your strategy might be to move to a chairman of the board role and allow a CEO to run the company. You still own it, you just don't run it. 
That's what I mean by having an options strategy. It's more than just exiting, it is options. So, what are the eight drivers of business value? The first one is what's called financial performance. Financial performance is a crucial driver of business value. It involves your company's historical revenue and profit margins, along with the predictability of these figures moving forward. Your company's unique way of controlling costs, increasing margins, and managing receivables can significantly impact the perceived value of your business. For example, a business with a robust financial systems, consistent profitability, and effective cost management such as Microsoft often attracts high value from potential buyers. That is financial performance. The second driver of value is called growth potential. Growth potential is all about the future prospects of your business. It includes the capacity to increase sales and profits, the scalability of your business model, and the potential for expansion into new markets or product lines. A high growth potential indicates a business's ability to generate profits in the future. For instance, Tesla's relentless pursuit of innovation and its expansion into different markets like energy storage and solar power highlights a strong growth potential, thus adding significant value to the business. Driver number three is called the Switzerland structure. This driver emphasizes a business's independence from any single customer, any single employee, or any single supplier, much like Switzerland's independent stance on global politics. The more diversified your customer base and your workforce and suppliers are, the less risky your business appears to potential buyers. For example, Apple has a broad customer base worldwide. They have diversified suppliers, and they are not reliant on any single employee. Therefore, they've demonstrated a strong Switzerland structure. Driver number four is called the valuation teeter-totter. You all recall the playground as you were growing up, there was a teeter-totter, and on one side sat one child, and on another side sat another child, and they would kick up and down and go back and forth. Teeter-totter. This particular driver shows the ability of your business to generate cash flow. Businesses that can command cash flow up front from customers while delaying payments to suppliers improve their cash flow, and that makes them more valuable to potential buyers. So in this case, the teeter-totter has to do with cash in and cash out. When you can delay the cash coming in, I'm, I'm sorry, delay the cash going out, while at, at the same time accelerating your cash in, you have a pretty solid valuation teeter-totter. Amazon uses this concept effectively with its online marketplace, receiving payments from customers long before it needs to pay suppliers. That improves its cash flow situation and therefore its business value. Driver number five is what's called reoccurring revenue. Pretty simple. When you think about it, reoccurring revenue, especially that which is automatic, is significant to drive business value. Examples of reoccurring revenue include subscriptions, 
or contracts or any other way your business generates a consistent and predictable revenue stream. For example, Netflix is a classic example of this where its subscription model provides a steady reoccurring revenue stream, making the company highly valuable. Moving on to number six is what is called monopoly control. Monopoly control refers to how differentiated your business is in the marketplace. The more unique and control your product or service has over the market, the more valuable your business will be. For example, Google, with its dominant search engine, holds a near monopoly on online search, significantly enhancing its value. So that's monopoly control. Number seven is customer satisfaction. Now, satisfied customers are more likely to repurchase and refer others, driving up your, the value of your company. This can be measured through thing, a thing called net promoter score or customer satisfaction surveys. Companies, again, like Apple, have excelled in customer satisfaction with their quality products and excellent customer service. Therefore, they have added significant value to their business. And finally, number eight is called the hub and spoke. This driver refers to how dependent your business is on you, the owner. The less the business relies on the owner, the more valuable it becomes. A strong management team and a well-documented systems and processes can achieve this very hub and spoke driver. For example, Walmart after, passing, after the passing of Sam Walton, its founder, it continues to thrive due to a strong management structure and effective systems that are in place, proving the effectiveness of minimizing dependence on the owner. And I will say, in my experience and my research, the hub and spoke is probably the biggest thing business owners need to look at. Think about it. If you founded the business that you're currently running, you've probably spent 20 or 30 years having built this business. Over that time, you probably know every customer by first name and every vendor by first name, and you enjoy the fact that your employees all come to you for guidance. And it was a great run, and it, it's a fantastic way to run your business. However, the reality is that one day, Every business owner is going to exit their business someday, whether that's on a stretcher, a, a designed exit strategy, or a heart attack, or whatever it is, one day you will no longer run this business. And when you address the hub and spoke way ahead of time, not only do you increase the value of the business based on what I've already shared, but you also are able to step back and do some things that you enjoy doing, spending time with grandkids, spending time with loved ones, traveling more, pursuing hobbies, giving to a philanthropic effort, volunteering, therefore finishing strong. The hub and spoke. So there are the eight drivers of what it takes to serve strong your business, serving the market strong, financial performance growth potential, the Switzerland structure, 
the valuation teeter-totter, which is cash flow, reoccurring revenue, a monopoly control, customer satisfaction, and the hub and spoke. Now, I'm going to share with you while we're in the theme of listicles, a list of three actions that you can take for each of the eight drivers of business value. Here we go. For financial performance, one of the things you can do is improve cost management. This is regularly reviewing and optimizing operational costs to improve your margins. Number two, enhance revenue predictability. Establish reliable revenue streams through contracts or subscriptions. Number three, improve financial reporting. Implement a robust financial system to provide you clear, accurate financial data. And I'm assuming you don't have these. You may already have these. Great. If you do, then that leads to greater financial performance. Driver number two, growth potential. Here are three things you can do. Diversify products and services. Develop new products or services to tap into different markets. Number two, scale your business model. Ensure your business model can handle increased sales without sacrificing profit margins. And number three, invest in research and development. This will help you stay ahead of market trends and customer needs through constant innovation. All that wraps up to good growth potential. Number three, the Switzerland structure. Three things you can do. First of all, diversify your customer base. Avoid dependence on any one single customer by expanding your customer portfolio. Reach out to more customers. Number two, secure multiple suppliers. You don't want to rely on any one single supplier. You want to have alternatives so that you can reduce the risk that one of your suppliers drops out. Number three, empower your team. Train and empower your employees so that the business is not dependent on any one employee. Now we're at driver number four, the valuation teeter-totter. Three things you can do. Number one, improve cash collection. So you want to shorten the payment terms or offer incentives for immediate payment. Number two, negotiate supplier terms. So negotiate extended payment terms with suppliers to improve cash flow. And number three, manage your inventory. If you've got an inventory, implement just-in-time inventory management to reduce cash that you tie up in stock. Driver number five has to do with reoccurring revenue. Here are three things you can do. Implement a subscription model. Consider converting a one-off sales into reoccurring subscriptions. Number two, secure long-term contracts. So look for long-term contracts with customers for a consistent revenue stream. Can you convert a service that you provide into a contract that is multi-year? Number three, develop a customer loyalty program. This will encourage repeat purchases through rewards or loyalty programs. Let's move on to number six, the driver called monopoly control. Here are three things you can do. Number one, differentiate your offering. Establish a unique selling proposition that sets you apart from competitors. Number two, invest in branding. 
Develop a strong brand that customers recognize and can trust. And number three, protect your intellectual property. Put a patent on your products or your processes to prevent competition from copying them. Driver number seven has to do with customer satisfaction. Here are three things you can do there. Number one, solicit customer feedback. This means that you regularly ask for and act on customer feedback to improve your product or service. Number two, enhance customer service. Invest in the training of your customer service team to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. And number three, implement a customer relationship management system, a CRM system. Use a CRM to track customer interactions and ensure consistent, personalized service. And finally, regarding the hub and spoke driver, here are three things you can do. Number one, delegate responsibility. Assign critical tasks to trusted team members to reduce the dependence on you, the owner. Number two, document processes. Don't just assume that processes will always remain aware and known by those who do them. Develop and maintain a procedures manual to ensure business continuity when key personnel leave. And number three, develop a strong second-in-command. Cultivate a strong leadership team to take over operational tasks and decisions. By the way, one of the ways you can break into the hub and spoke and begin to improve it is to simply go away totally unreachable for two days from your business and then come back, identify the breakdowns and work on processes to overcome those breakdowns. Then several months later, go away for an entire week, totally unreachable. Come back and do the same thing with the breakdowns that occurred. And then maybe several months later, go away for two or three weeks and come back and do the same thing. What you're doing is you're forcing your business to look at processes that will replace your presence. And I guarantee you're going to be happier and the business is going to be more valuable. Those are three things you can do for each of the eight business drivers of value. And when you have strong drivers of value, you are more likely to have a business that serves the market strong. Serve strong. So let's shift gears now and talk about finishing strong. We've talked about the business. We've talked about how you can evaluate the value of your business and how well it's running, therefore, how well it is serving the market strong. But now let's take a look at you, the business owner, the individual, the person, the man, the woman that you are, and take a look at what it would take for you to finish strong in your fourth quarter. There has been a couple of episodes in the past on this podcast show where we have talked about what is called the six hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter. We're going to list those six, and we're going to talk about how they can integrate into your life as you seek to finish strong. I'm going to list all six, and then I'm going to go back and we're going to talk about what an ideal statement might look like for each of those. 
The six hallmarks are as follows. Number one, spiritually grounded. Number two, physically fit. Number three, relationally rich. Number four, emotionally healthy. Number five, vocationally aligned. And number six, financially free. So let's go back up and look at spiritually grounded. I'm going to share an ideal statement that may be two, maybe three sentences. And as you listen to these, you might want to come back and re-listen to this episode and think through, how could I adjust and amend this draft statement into a statement that I can adopt in my life and make it a part of my life? Here's the one for spiritually grounded. Being spiritually grounded is a state of inner balance, peace, and connectedness to one's higher self, the universe, or a higher power. It involves living in alignment with one's values, purpose, and beliefs, and being rooted in a sense of gratitude and compassion. This state can be achieved through practices such as meditation, prayer, self-reflection, and connecting with nature or other spiritual practices. So as I look at this, I consider the Christian upbringing that I had in growing up in the Midwest. And I have adjusted this a little bit. I like a lot of what it says. But being spiritually grounded, to me, means a state of inner balance, peace, and connectedness to the one who created me. That's how I have adjusted that first sentence. It's being connected to the one who created me. And then that allows me to live in alignment with my values, purposes, beliefs, and being rooted in a sense of gratitude and compassion. That's kind of how I have taken this ideal statement for spiritually grounded and adjusted it. That should help give you an example. Number two, being physically fit. Here is an ideal statement for your consideration. Being physically fit is a state of physical health and well-being that allows me to perform daily activities and engage in physical activities without experiencing undue fatigue or discomfort. It involves having a strong cardiovascular system, muscular strength, endurance, flexibility, and healthy body composition. Achieving physical fitness often requires me to regularly exercise, have proper nutrition, get adequate rest and recovery, and avoid harmful habits commonly known as smoking or excessive alcohol consumption. That's your physically fit ideal statement. You might rewind this and listen to it again and think through, what does it mean for me to be ideally physically fit? Okay, number three, relationally rich. Here's the ideal statement for that, for your consideration. Being relationally rich means having meaningful and fulfilling relationships with other people, including family, friends, a romantic partner, colleagues, and community members. It involves having a sense of connection, intimacy, and trust, 
as well as mutual respect, support, and communication. I am a relationally rich person because I have a diverse network of relationships, and I invest time and effort in cultivating those relationships. I achieve this through behaviors such as active listening, expressing empathy and compassion, being reliable and trustworthy, and engaging in shared activities and experiences. That is your ideal statement for being relationally rich. Moving on to emotionally healthy. Here's the ideal statement. I maintain a state of mental and emotional well-being that allows me to cope with life's challenges, build positive relationships, and enjoy a fulfilling life. I enjoy a positive self-image, healthy boundaries, and the ability to regulate my emotions in a balanced and constructive way. I am resilient in the face of stress and adversity and have the capacity to experience a range of emotions without being overwhelmed by them. Achieving emotional health requires me to maintain self-awareness, self-compassion, healthy coping strategies, and seek support when I need it. That's the ideal statement for your consideration for being emotionally healthy. Moving on to hallmark number five. This is vocationally aligned. Here's the ideal statement. I am in a career or occupation that aligns with my values, my interests, my skills, and my purpose. I engage in work that provides a sense of meaning and fulfillment and allows me to use my strengths and talents to make a positive contribution. I regularly experience a sense of flow and engagement in what I do and feel a sense of balance and integration between my work and other aspects of my life. Achieving vocational alignment often requires that I maintain self-reflection, exploration, and experimentation to identify my strengths and interests, as well as seek out opportunities for training, education, and networking to advance in a chosen career path or its equivalent. That's the ideal statement for a vocationally aligned. And I will add a comment to this particular hallmark. When I think of vocation, I'm not just talking about getting a W-2 job or going out into business as a solopreneur. Vocation to me in this sense as a hallmark involves anything that we do that utilizes our time, talent, and treasure. What we do vocationally can actually be our volunteer work or philanthropy. It can be a hobby that we give to ourselves because when we enter the fourth quarter, it isn't always about work. And that's what the typical definition of vocation usually is. It's what do you do for work? Well, being vocationally aligned into your fourth quarter may or may not relate to working in a business. Just a side note. And finally, hallmark number six is financially free. Here's the ideal statement. I enjoy a state of financial independence and security that allows me to live the life I desire without being constrained by financial concerns or limitations. 
I have sufficient financial resources such as savings, investments, and passive income to support my desired lifestyle and cover expected expenses. I feel a sense of control over my finances and have a plan for achieving my long-term financial goals such as retirement or financial legacy. I have learned to live within my means, avoid debt, and develop sound financial habits such as budgeting, saving, and investing wisely. That's the ideal statement for financially free. And I will add a comment to this one as well. It has a lot more to do than just money. It's much broader than just money. In my library, on my the chair where I sit and read by the bookshelves, is a book by Rick Craig, which is called When It's Time. End of Life Planning at Any Age. Make it part of your legacy. In this book, Rick Craig talks about a whole host of things that need to be considered before it's time when you actually leave this earth. We're talking about life insurance, estate planning, organ donation, hospice care, how to deal with sudden death, coping with bereavement, picking the right funeral home, planning a funeral or a memorial service, understanding your health insurance, applying veteran benefits, and accessing social security benefits and grief. There's so many things that relate to being financially free, and many of those have nothing to do with money or very little, or they're indirectly related to money. So that's a side note on being financially free. Look at more than just your debt, savings, investments, income, and look beyond that to what's going to happen when you're gone. Will your loved ones be financially free regardless of your exit? Okay, so we've talked about the six hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter so that you can finish strong. My desire with all with both of these sets of lists the eight drivers of business value for serving strong and the six hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter for finishing strong that you look at these two lists and you do a quick evaluation where do i think i am at in each of these eight drivers and six hallmarks and as you look at those things begin to develop a design that you can be working on that will bump those numbers up in each of these areas. That is what I call living life by design. The opposite of that is called living life by default, just taking each day as it comes. And there's a little merit in that because as the old saying goes, it's always good to just stop and smell the roses. However, there's so much at stake when we begin to looking at the days that we have left to live versus the days we have lived. Here's a piece of philosophy that I've come to adopt. You know, just like a Stradivarius, why are Stradivarius violins so expensive? It's their rarity. There are only so many of them. So if there were only, say, 12 in the world, and one was completely and utterly destroyed. 
what would happen to the 11? Well, their cost, their value would increase greatly because now instead of 12, there are only 11 available. So they are unique and they are rare. When you live a day, the moment you lay your head on the pillow at the end of one day, you have just increased the value of your future because your future is one day rarer. And so when you take that perspective, then the eight drivers of a business that seeks to serve strong and the six hallmarks of a person that seeks to finish strong, there's much more importance. We are talking about making the most of our business and our life. And that's why I wanted to share these two lists with you in this episode as we embark on how we can grow a better business and we can grow individually as a better person. I am so glad that you listened to this episode today. This has been a joy for me to put together. And these eight drivers and six hallmarks will become somewhat of a structure, a foundational scaffold that we will go into the future with, and we will dig into each of these individually. I will be having guests. I will be doing monologues. I hope that you continue to join with me and travel with me on this journey. If you have any insights or any questions or would like me to cover a topic that I have not yet covered, email me at coach at servingstrong.com. I would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. This has been another episode of the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast. I take your time very seriously. Therefore, my pledge is to continue bringing you information and insight you need to be successful in your adventure as you finish strong. Be sure to check the show notes for the information related in this episode. Subscribe to be notified when new shows drop and leave a review if you're so inclined. I'll talk to you next time.